Welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast number 268. I'm your host, Brian. Joining this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. Car accident bad. No transmission. <laughs> and we have Mad Cat with us. I'm happy. Best of us happy. Some say he's the tastiest member of them all. The dumbass himself. Turns out, all of my uh, base are belong to our corporate overlord. That, that's a recent yeah. reference, right? That, that's a cool, uh, cool thing young kids are saying these days. All your base are belong to us. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think yeah, that's yeah, I'm with it. <laughs> I'm not out of touch. No, it's it's hip. Yeah. It's hip. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> uh, how's everybody doing? Doing pretty good. Okay. All right. Wow, that was uh, lots of energy there. <laughs> well, moderately neat. We we don't. Oh, moderately. See, I like moderately neat. not unwell. I I, I but my new one is I, I say to people. I could complain. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. If people ask me, they say, how are you doing? I say, I could complain. <laughs> I might feel that. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, good. So uh, no, no Ian this week um, because he's... Mm, I think, I, I, guys, I think we're going to have to face it that um, Ian just doesn't love us anymore. Well, he doesn't love us any less either. Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, he, 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 he's become like a famous author now. He, he, he doesn't need us anymore. He, we, we are beneath him. Let us to smack something with his club. Okay. I, I mean, again, if you're talking to us, it kind of sounds like you're underwater. So Ian doesn't love us anymore. Take two. <laughs> yeah, no, he's off gallivanting. Big famous author now. He can afford himself a, a vacation in, uh, in what? A two. A two. Michigan? No. No. Bad two. Bad two. Don't know where that is. Bad two. I think it is it Disneyland. You gotta get there with a hyperdrive. <laughs> oh. How many can you? How many parsecs is it, can you get there in? Less than seventy-two. It's 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 a, it's a measure that only works if you're going around a black hole, right? Forty-two. <laughs> well, it's 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 interesting that particular thing. It sounded it sounded good in the script until. You know, science people started getting a hold of it, and then they had to kind of retcon it and come up with what it actually meant. Right. Which I find I find kind of I, I find kind of fun because you know, in a lot of cases, it was not Lucasfilm doing the apology for the line; it was Lucasfilm fans doing the apology for the line, and Lucasfilm just kind of took their explanation. Whatever works. Which is that? Which is it, rather than twelve parsecs being the speed. 12 parsecs was the distance for a run that usually takes much more. Right. So he could get closer to the black hole without getting sucked in, in other words. But wouldn't there be time well, dilation I mean, involved work, then, too? It would work with any, it would work with any, um, any dangerous, any dangerous, uh, any dangerous obstruction that you'd ordinarily try to avoid by getting closer to that if you shave off distance. Yeah, well, it probably just doesn't work. Sounds like uh, a tortured solution to me. It does. It does feel a little tortured, doesn't it? But all right. Well, I think that uh, I think we we don't have a book to hawk unless we want to make one up. Um, isn't he working on the prequel right now? Uh, I, I don't well, let, let's make up a George and Armand book. <laughs> I was George. I believe it's George and Armand closeted days. Oh God, we should give him an outline. No, someday. no, no. Can't do that. <laughs> George and Armand in space. <laughs> Georgian Armand Treasure Island. <laughs> Georgian Armand Take Manhattan. <laughs> now I'm just now I'm uh, a Georgian Armand Christmas Carol. Georgian Armand on the Love Boat. On the Love Boat. There we go. All right. See, I 
we've come to the part of the podcast where we masturbate. That was that wasn't no, what we, I was trying actually, to do. We've come to the part of the podcast where I'm throwing out titles of Muppet movies, and oh. <laughs> substituting Georgine Armand, and <laughs> and uh, Mad Cat's gone back to to late '70s television. I think we know what it's time for. It is time for Ian and Dumbass's Master, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. Nice. The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Boss, let's that take masturbation break at work. Now this mm-hmm. is anarchy. <laughs> wow. Yeah. This is uh, about an entertainment company called uh, X Confessions. Uh, the boss, uh, uh, the uh, head of the company, Erica Lust. Um, she's the head of Erica Lust Films. I guess that's the the parent company to uh, X Confessions. She says she is hoping to normalize masturbation by allowing her 36 members of staff a half hour masturbation rate every day, and has even set up a private masturbation station at the office. Are they in the U.S., um, and, this company? What? Are, are they in the U.S.? Uh, is... I believe so. I believe they are. Okay. It doesn't really say here. Was that my cat? Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, but it, happen, it has to be rotating, I guess, half an hour breaks. I, I'm just imagining you're in there and somebody's at the door like, Hey, you done in there? <laughs> I'm Need my masturbation break. Give me an over half an hour, dude. <laughs> So, yeah, um, she said that uh, she started noticing that her staff were agitated and performing with less energy during the pandemic, uh, which, um, okay, I guess people might be it might be getting to people. But this was her solution rather than, I guess, uh, asking them what would what would make your day better. But uh, it's not a bad solution, I I guess. Uh, She says, um, I value my employees and I know that when they feel good, we do good work. And and I guess it makes uh, it does make sense in sex industry company that little focus on sexual pleasure uh, probably would help your creativity in that department. Well, that's why they can get away with this. Yeah, I mean, but... and it's actually good. It's good advertising for them as well. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, would you call this a sex positive company? <laughs> yes, uh, I actually um, uh, I, I uh, added a couple more things. There's a behind the scenes, like five minutes long. I got like uh, three minutes into it, and I, I found like the find it boring. But it was like all about she. She was like, I, I, I'll admit it. I was a little cynical. I thought uh, she was blowing smoke up her own ass. Uh, she, she was like, oh, we're uh, doing these these confessions and uh, uh, doing it in unique and new ways. And I'm like, all right, let's take a look at. It. Uh, at this company, this X Confession, see what kind of films they have. And I went there. Uh, I went, of course, to the masturbation section. Um, and I'm reading through, I read through some, some of these. And uh, yeah, it, it does look very uh, like a lot of like weird and cool ways of doing things. And then I came up to this one film, Can Vampires Smell My Period? And, that, and that's when I thought, X Confessions, you won me over. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I think though I mean, so I want number one I don't this site is it Lad Bible uh, yes what the heck uh, is Lad Bible I don't know I've, I've I've seen them around they've got some kind of sort of uh, new stuff going on or whatever but yeah I, I put a, another article from another site in there it's um there are a few uh, circulating about this thing I, I don't know what Lad Bible is about I think I've seen them on the internet places. On the internet 
Places on, I, I've seen, I've seen them. Uh, I've seen, I've seen like links to them uh, in articles and stuff uh, on like Facebook or whatever. So it's a sex cult. It is. Lab Bible is. I don't think so. <laughs> I'm willing to go with that. Let's see. Uh, the, the, uh, it looks like entertainment news or something. Yeah, it looks like it's multi. You know. So I, I was, I was reading there about because I, I did go to the bod to make sure that we weren't being pwned. Um, and they, they, they say they're, they're. It, they, there's an interesting claim. Um, where where did I get to that? There was a not exactly an about, but where was it? Anyway, I'm just yeah, just anyway. looking at uh, some of the ones here. It's like just, I, I love that uh, uh, the the stuff that they're having fun with here. Le, one of these films is Men in Kilts. I mean that that's amazing. You, you, that's not something you see kind of, kind of thing you see regularly on. Here's one called uh, Her Suit about uh, men with uh, with body hair. So. Here, here it is. So it's LAD Bible. I don't know if they're saying LAD or Bible or not. Uh, our mission is to give the youth generation a voice by building a community that laughs, thinks, and acts. So that's their mission statement. All right. Well, why are we going into all the stuff about LAD Bible? Well, because I was just curious about what they were, because they're the ones publishing this, right? What is LAD mm. Bible Group? I'm, I was just curious about about uh-huh. your source. Well, I, I gave two sources, and there are other ones you can find on the internet. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's just I don't know. They're interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, and you know, it looks kind of like their their articles are a little bit of a mixed bag. Yeah, bit of this, bit of that. So yeah, interesting. Um, anyway, my point is, uh, I'm kind of impressed with the uh, creativity and a variety of uh, uh, films that they're showing on uh, X Confessions. So, it, like, I haven't seen any of them yet, but uh, I would recommend giving them a look. So, Xconfessions.com. It does look interesting. Now, but I, I want to go back to this this idea of giving giving somebody thirty minutes to go masturbate. It, it's an interesting. Well, it's an interesting idea, and you know, of course, anytime you add masturbation to something, people are likely to read that article. I think, uh, and so it's going to make somebody mad, and somebody else is going to think it's great. The, I think that one of the issues is is making sure that I mean, giving people the proper amount of breaks and space they need anyway. Uh, telling people to take thirty minutes and 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 go. I don't know, do some mindful meditation, masturbate if you want, or give them the opportunity to get away from what they're doing is probably a good thing in general. I'm not sure that the masturbation piece in and of itself really makes that much of a difference because I think everybody is going to de-stress in their own way. But I think giving yeah, people that 30 it, minutes, right? It, it isn't quite as, uh, as big a deal as it because, like, uh, of course, uh, it's good to give people extra breaks and let them do with it what they want. If they, if they want to go someplace, someplace private to masturbate or if they want to... Uh, uh, just read a book or something, you know, let, let people have breaks. Right. There's a regulation in Canada, uh, specifically, um, it's more clerical and such, not for, but not I think the... or for clerical. Clerical takes it a lot more than others, is that uh, you get two 15-minute breaks during the day, one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and 30-minute break at lunch. Yeah, and Colorado had good laws like that. Texas, no. Yeah. To work, them, work them till they're dead. Well, especially if it's anything to do with... Uh, Customer service like uh, Burger Barns or uh, or regular stores and such like that, they don't usually get much of breaks because well, if there's customer care, that's that. Yeah, no, I, 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 in retail is bad, especially if you're the only one in the store. There, there's places where that that, that things really need to be better, but. Mm. but we're now, uh, yeah, um, uh, the the other article that I put in here I mentioned that uh, in, there in 2016 there was a survey that found that uh, 39% of people were masturbating at work, which uh, probably an, uh, an undercount. 
I imagine that most people aren't admitting to that. Well, I'm wondering if that, I'm wondering if that number is actually if the real number has gone up since the uh, since people went home. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, no, that's an interesting point, right? I mean, if, when people are at home, I mean, well, when we've seen people masturbating on Zoom, so uh, clearly uh, there, there's yeah. it, it, they might be going on more for sure, and and it's easier to do that at home because I I I already have a room for masturbating. <laughs> Yeah, and if you forget to close close that, if if you don't I think you close the Zoom call and you haven't, and uh, yee. <laughs> you know, Brian, you, you may as well you may as well call that room by the right name. Uh, the masturbatory. Masturbatorium. Masturbatorium. <laughs> Masturbatorium. Uh, she she didn't she should have named it the ma- we uh let's uh, let's do a we got to do a letter of writing campaign. Write into X Confessions. Uh, make them. Name make make her name the, her masturbation booth the masturbatorium. Yeah, she has to put like a plaque on the door or something. In uh in that show that I was telling you about Sexify, they had a uh the, the, when they were doing their research they they created a copulation station where people could come and have sex. I like that too. Yeah, <laughs> that is Copula- Yeah, it was, it was it was pretty clever. Easier to get. Uh, e- it's a lot nicer than behind the um. Garbage can, uh, garbage bin. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure that anybody should be having sex behind a garbage bin. I think Out of accident. I, 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 I was afraid you were going to say you actually accidentally did it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Go on home from work, and there's a couple people from the movie barn. They're behind a bin, not behind where no one can see either. I walked out and turned to the direction I go, and there they are. And it's like. Okay, I'm just walking past it. Now, now, if 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 it was if it was on the first of May, that's uh, that's legitimate, as we all know by the Jonathan Colton song. That is true. right. But you know, hey, maybe they just didn't have anywhere to go. That is possible. <laughs> anyway, I think it's an interesting idea, but I I, I think the masturbation is just uh, just a way to get clicks. <laughs> I'm sorry, mm-hmm. give people a half hour I mean, break. It, it's just a good idea. Well, I mean, it, it accomplishes two different things. But one of those things is to get clicks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, I mean, the, the idea that that somebody has a place where they can go and do that, and and it's okay. That that is that that's that is the piece that that's neat. Not necessarily the thirty minute break thing. Well, but, I, yeah, but you know, you know what, uh, you know what would be uh, fun, like if, if you know, like uh, certain people, like uh, a certain person, you uses it uh, regularly. Just like what they, they go in there. And like the the whole office is, is like primed, and like as, as they step out, everybody starts clapping. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> no. I actually don't recommend that, but that's just a fun. <laughs> I, I'm thinking now of uh, you remember the episode of Scrubs where uh, Cox Cox uh, tricked Turk into relieving himself before doing surgery, and they were all waiting for him outside the uh, outside where he was at. Waiting to applaud him. Physician, love thyself. <laughs> Give that man a hand. No. no. <laughs> love. Yeah. Should we move on? You know, Brian, you, you want to go to the dark side? Let's go to the dark Let's side. Let's go to the dark side. So, okay. We ha- oh. They have puppies. Oh, wait, wait, wait a second, though. You were talking about the pipeline getting shut down. Is that connected to the dark side thing? Or? It, it is connected to the dark side thing. Yep, absolutely. So, so the okay. um, oh God, in the name well, of the pipeline, I, mean, I, I, make, I want I want to make a mention of one of the uh, more disturbing effects of that. Okay, which is the uh, which is the great the great sauce shortage of two thousand twenty one. The great sauce shortage. What, the sauce? people are being restricted to uh, 
only two packets of Chick-fil-A. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're doing things like sending their kids up to uh, sending their kids up to to buy objects so they can get more Chick-fil-A sauce. Why? Why? Why why is this? (laughs) They're stockpiling. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. No, they're not. They're stockpiling Chick-fil-A sauce. Oh, my God. Does this help with the toilet paper? So. Okay. I think they're unrelated. So, so I'm I'm referring. So, so the Colonial Pipeline is is a pipeline that that moves gas from Houston up all the way yeah, to to the East Coast, right? So, so a lot a lot of it's like forty five percent of the East Coast um, and the and the South supply of oil goes along this pipeline. So, of course, so what? But what happened was they got hit by malware. And this malware, oh, yeah. okay. So this malware is uh, it, the the malware. Is from Darkside, okay? And Darkside is a is a is a is a ransomware company that resides in um in, in Russia, right? So they're 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 operating out of Russia, but but the way that the way that they operate is is so much different than um what we've seen before, as far as um um not not really um what am I getting at? We're we're seeing much more ransomware as a service. So so they didn't they so they don't they don't choose the target. What the company does is they build the ransomware. They build the payload. You're and what you what and what you as the customer do is you do the the um, the intelligence gathering and decide what what who your target is. So so it's it's, it's really a it's a way to break up the the uh, the 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 two uh, the two pieces that need to be done. So so you so you as the client will do the opsec and decide who your target is and what you're targeting, and then then you'll work with with this malware as a service company for the payload so, to to help infect the target. Does that make sense? Okay. They, they, they infect the target to yeah. Say, so what and what Darkside does is that the, the, it works in two ways. So the first thing that that they do is they get into the network and the, and they exfiltrate all your data. So so they they they. They egress all of your data and, and make a copy of it, and then they hold it on their servers. And then all of your data that you have locally, they, they run an encryption on it, and they encrypt all of your files so that you can't right. access them. And then, and then they give you this... this, um, this yeah, Basically, it says... So th- this is interesting. So th- this was a, I guess, a press release. I mean, this is a ballsy company. They, they basically had a press release when they came out with their, with their Darkside 2.0. And so what what the what this statement says um this is from uh from last year and uh, I think September 2020 and it says we are a new product uh, uh, we are we are new to the product market but that doesn't mean that we have no experience and we came from and that we came from nowhere we uh, we re- we received millions of dollars for Profit by uh, partnering with other well-known crypto lockers. We created Darkside because we didn't find the perfect product for us. Now we have it. So, so that that's how they started the, their 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 statement. And this, I, I okay. I'm assuming that this was that's probably a pretty proud statement. It is a pretty proud statement. And in yeah, here, so and here here are the, here are the, here are their principles. This is what this is why I put this in what the fuck because like this is this I mean, it's just like they they think they're running a company. Right. Well, I mean, they are these running are, a company, they, but they're basically they're basically running. Uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's almost like a terrorist supply. Exactly. House. Yeah. So they're essentially they're space age arms dealers. 
<laughs> so, based, am I am I wrong though? No, I mean essentially, I mean the, the, they're terrorists. I mean, in some yeah. ways, right? I mean they 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 are certainly well, they are certainly criminals. They are certainly the bad guys. So yeah. it says based on our principles, we we will not attack the following targets: uh, medicine, so hospitals and hospice, education, yeah. schools and university, nonprofit organizations, and the government sector. We only attack companies that can pay our request amount or requested amount. We we do. Uh, we do not want to kill your kill your business before any attack. We carefully analyze your accounting and determine how much you can pay based on your net income. You can uh, you can ask all the questions in the chat before paying, and our support will answer them. So they have a whole customer support set up. Um, we provide the following guarantees for our target. <laughs> so 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 if you so if you get malware, we guarantee. Uh, decryption of one test file. So the, the you give them one file to decrypt it, and they so they can prove that they have the decryption. We guarantee to provide decryption after payment, as well as support in case of problems. We guarantee to delete all of the uploaded data from our uh, torrent CDNs after payment. If you refuse to pay, we will publish all of your data on uh, all of your your data stored and. And on our torrent CDN for at least six months, we will send notification to the leaked media and and your uh, your your partners and clients. We will never provide you decryption keys. So if you don't, so this if you don't pay, we uh, we take our responsibility very seriously. So if you pay, all guarantees will be fulfilled. If you uh, see if you don't want to pay, you will be added to a list of punished companies on our blog and become an wow. example for others. <laughs> I mean, and, and here's the thing is that, so they're essentially been, they've been operating in, 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 you know, in the Russian, uh, out of, uh, out of Russia and, and they're small, right? They're, 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 a, they're, a, they're a small group compared to some of the others that are out there. Um, the one, in fact, evil corp is bigger. They're the ones that got Garmin. I mean, and that's of course as far as we know, right? I mean, maybe I mean, I guess we could be wrong, but it, it does seem like that they're, they're a smaller group. But the balls on them—I mean, that that that—that's their press release. Yeah, yeah, and and that's no, basically so what, they're yeah. a small group, but the balls are legendary. Yeah, and so what they and what they so the ransoms have varied anywhere from two hundred thousand to two million in in most cases. Um, I mean, it's just. And what they and what they do and what they do is they'll, they'll they'll contact you with a price and say okay you have X amount of time to pay us or it doubles so if they want if they want two hundred thousand from you if you don't if you if you don't pay they're going to increase it to four hundred thousand but if you contact them usually you can you can bring it you can make, get yourself at least a twenty percent discount I mean they, I, they, I feel I feel <laughs> somehow like their like their statement was lacking a little something. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not necessarily critiquing your delivery, Brian. I'm just <laughs> saying that I feel like it should have had, uh, I should have, it should have been read by a man with a British accent, wearing a top hat and twirling a mustache. <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Um, my delivery it was, it aside, was all, it was all very polite. It was all, <laughs> you know, if you do as we say, we swear that you will have all of your data back. We'll even demonstrate. But if you don't do as we say, then we'll screw you. So as far as they know, so so they 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 have made some statements basically saying that 
Well, we we didn't, you know, we didn't intend to shut down the country. That was never our intention. And yeah. in the future, we will we will be more careful about selecting our targets. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think they were as uncareful as they're likely to get, based upon the fact that all their stuff got seized. Well, okay. So you're exactly right. So so I mean that that's all their base are belong to us. Yes. All of their yes. That's exactly what happened. So um, they they they've gone out of business now. Uh, all of their assets were seized, and we don't. I still don't know who seized them. Right. All we know is that that they put out a press release basically saying that, as we always said, we would always tell you everything if there's problems or not. Then they said all all of our, all of our encrypting you know units have been all, all their infrastructure was seized. It's gone, and yeah, so they're like, so we're shutting their down. Bitcoin stash. Did they did they get the Bitcoin stash too? That's because the pipeline paid seventy five bitcoins, five million dollars approximately. To get their stuff back, and apparently the decryption was quite slow. They're very good at encrypting. The decryption, I guess, the algorithm is not quite as uh, as snappy. So yeah, so the but I just thought the balls, man, it just it just it's. Uh, I wow. mean, they they clearly went into this with with the idea that they were that they were gentlemen criminals. Yes, uh, you know, border borderline borderline supervillains. So I have the feeling that this group is probably some fairly young guys with some big ideas. Maybe. I mean, I think that they've got. I mean, I, I don't know. They they claim that they you know that they've been doing this for a for a long time, right? They've already got millions of dollars, and that they were just looking for a platform to suit them. That suited, but they have they have employees that they're paying. They have expenses. Yeah. They have losses. They have profits. I mean, it's a business, but it's a business built on on, on something that's criminal. Yeah, yeah, but I, it's it's organized crime. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's organized crime. So if they get caught, all these people who are working, I don't think that Russia has the appetite to go after them, really, because one of the things that that about the malware is that the um it was designed not to hit anybody in the uh, in Russia. So it's been designed, you know, specifically to you know to target. People that you know in the U.S. and Canada, and you know. So if Russia goes after anybody, chances are that person is going to be a scapegoat. I think, though, I mean, yeah. th this corporation, as it may be, went after the wrong people this time, right? Because the, because obviously there was a lot of pissed off people in the government, and and they made and they just it just went too high profile to to let it go. Well, and you don't take away people's Chick Fil A sauce. <sighs> no. Right. That's the that's the takeaway. That yeah. is the most important. Well, I mean, that's the problem is with the takeaway. <laughs> I don't if I, you if you take away their if you if you take away their their Chick-fil-A sauce and their takeaway doesn't taste it. <laughs> is the Chick-fil-A really related to this? I thought that was the, I thought that was his own shortage. That's, shortage. that's actually that was actually because of the pipeline shutdown. Oh really? Because they couldn't get the they couldn't get the ingredients couldn't get the ingredients because of the way that was affecting infrastructure, I, I read I read the Chick Fil A press release, and quite frankly, it sounded it, it sounded you know pretty you know uh, um, pretty reasonable, right? I mean they they uh, they had a shortage, and so instead they, so they were limiting sauces. I mean they, they're I don't know. Well, and I'm going to tell you something about that. Uh, so Chick Fil A had a shortage of of individually packed sauces, but I was at Walmart today, and guess what's on the shelves. Chick-fil-A Chick branded sauces, both the Chick-fil-A regular sauce and Chick-fil-A Polynesian sauce. Well, but it, they didn't. It wasn't a nationwide shortage, right? Wasn't it a regional shortage? 
where I mean, because I, I imagine that that you know that they could get the sauce to Houston, right? They and probably and and you guys aren't affected by the shortage up in Colorado. We're probably not. No, because it takes beavers to affect you up there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see if we get there. <laughs> and you know, don't you guys? Do you guys even have Chick Fil A up there? Yeah. Okay. But anyway, I was so, maybe you had like like Moose Filet. <laughs> if if you're considering getting into something new, might I consider? You know that you can you, you can find a target and, and work with a, a ransomware as a service partner and to to go and uh, destroy them. Yeah, yeah. What what this? Uh, yeah, the other thing that this makes me think of from what we've seen recently in uh, yeah recently in media was uh, Wreck uh, It Ralph, the sequel. Ralph breaks the internet. He basically went and bought a uh, a virus that locates the weakness of whatever it targets and exploits the weakness. Really? He bought that from a guy who writes viruses so that he could exploit a weakness in the game that uh, that his friend wanted Little to stay girl. in so he could wipe out the game and take her back with him to the arcade. Oh, now that's me. Yeah. But it, the show would be funny, though. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. Yeah. We it's, have it's no values, uh, but other than that. Yeah. So this um, is from the quantum bio- biologist. Yeah, and it's uh, indicated many other places uh, about it too. But uh, the third eye is a part of the brain that acts as a gateway to higher consciousness. Um, it's a cheap cliche used by Hackney Slam. By who? Well, yeah. Hackney Slam poets, they say. Okay, I know that you know you Reiki people, and I've, I've you know my mom used to talk about opening the third eye and. Yeah, blah, blah, the blah. The third eye dates back yeah. thousands of years and is a literal and figurative organ which allows one to see the auras in the face of knowledge. But before you start trying to access this sixth chakra to achieve clairvoyance, it might be helpful to talk to the animal that actually has a third eye and ask it what it's good for. This animal is called the tuatara. Hmm? Uh, it's yeah. a tuatara. 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 A reptile. Endemic to New Zealand. Which is incorrect. It looks like a reptile, looks like a lizard, and it's not. It can be its lineage is traced back to the age of the dinosaurs, far before the modern lizard snakes. The only survivor of a genus, Phenodontia, uh, which had its heyday 200 years ago and has been hiding out ever since. Okay, so Phenodontia means that it had something, something to do with its teeth. Okay. The Tuatara's... Are, have an incredibly slow metabolic met, metabol- metabolic me- metabolism metabolism uh, <laughs> anyway we know what that which has two main effects they are the slowest growing reptiles being about 65 years to reach their maximum size and they also tolerate cold better than other reptiles wow. their temperature is between 60 and 70 fahrenheit but they still function at a chilly 40 degrees Fahrenheit. Their ears have no ear holes nor eardrums, and their teeth are not separated, but rather two interlocking bandsaws of bone. They look like their head looks like a turtle, actually. I think. Well, their and their um, body looks like a, uh, a, a crocodile. Gator. Yeah, or a gator, or a crocodile. It's, yeah, gator, or crocodile. Yeah. With iguana scales on the back. With iguana scales on the back. Yeah. It is pretty cool. Yeah, it is. <laughs> actually, the head that's makes me think of a water dragon. Yeah, that's yep. a, okay. That's what I was thinking. That's where it started from, actually. I was looking at uh, smooth-headed iguanas, which went to water dragons, which went to this. Uh, but, you know, the uh, 
the iguanas have that parietal eye too. Right. And it, what it is, is their anatomy may be the hidden eye on their forehead. It's called the parietal eye, and it's actually not all that uncommon, being found in many lizards, frogs, salamanders, sharks, and bony fish. But it's a far more developed and pronounced in the tuatara, containing a lens, a cornea, a retina with rod-like cells, and a primitive optic nerve connecting to the brain. Parietal eye... Okay, I scrolled and got lost. Uh, the prey is invisible on adult tuatara, covered over by the skin and scales, but is visible on juveniles under four months old. Scientists aren't sure exactly what the role of the parietal eye plays in survival, but they have a good, uh, good lead. It is photoreceptive and may help tuatara to detect a threat from above by its shadow alone. If it can perceive polarized light, as it does in amphibians, it might also navigation. The parietal eye may also regulate circadian rhythms, which I believe is in birds, isn't it, as well? Circadian rhythm? Triggering. Well, everything uses circadian rhythms. Oh, okay. Well, I, circadian yeah. rhythms is basically the sleep. rhythms of day and night. Yeah, sleep cycle oh, and stuff. Okay. Yeah. And when uh, and when circadias come out, but what's interesting, like every 20 what's years. interesting about this is that it being a photoreceptive gland or or organ is that you know the, you know people ask well what good is half an eye well here it is right it's a, a potential you know signal that that there's something above them you know because it can sense shadows so take that Kirk Cameron yeah. well and in the land of the blind the the lizard with half an eye is king and you know this is it has melatonin-producing organ within the mammalian brain. Uh, wait, so theory is born from the fact that there's a melatonin organ within the mammalian brain whose cells strongly resemble those of the retina and the pineal gland. Yeah, the pineal gland. The pea-sized pineal gland has been the source of much superstition and speculation throughout the... Yeah, it seems like one of those things that you, that, um, you know, it comes up in monster movies and stuff like that, that they're trying to get the pineal gland for some reason. It seems like I've seen that. Yeah, well, I remember uh, that one of there were a couple of a uh, couple of movies based on, or there was a movie based on H.P. Lovecraft's works, where they actually managed to activate the pineal gland, and it it broke through the it broke through the people's skull and would come out on a tentacle. So kind of H.P. Lovecraft was a really really strange guy. Yeah, yeah, he was, but. Uh... That seems pretty interesting since it is con uh, it is connected to um, connected to brain work. Uh, it is connected to some ligaments or not the uh, a lot. Well, I saw it was connected to a to a kind of an optic nerve. So that's right. <laughs> My brain went, but yeah. So that would kind of fit for the movie because it is connected to nerves. If it grows out of your head, it's going to take nerves with it. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit. Uh... I'm looking at the end of the article, and I, I see that the writer tried to go for a zing, but I think they they missed the point. They're saying that if Tuatara or their ancient three-eyed ancestors had psychic powers, they failed them because they didn't predict the asteroids coming and wiping out the dinosaurs. Well, Tuatars are alive today. However, they're critically in danger as a Well, yeah, but that's us. Exactly. It wasn't we the asteroids. They're a cool-looking... Uh... I guess you can't say lizard, but they're they're a uh, they're a cool-looking creature. Yeah, they're very. I'm. I and you know technically they dinosaurs. Even though dinosaurs are more 
you know, birds are still classified as sort of lizards. So now they are right. I think that that that's something that you know been as we've gone back and we realize that they're so you know that that's the lineage, right? Yeah. So I mean, they 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 all came from the lineage of of reptiles. Yep. Hey, um, Madcap. Dumbass just called me. Oh, oh okay. Got a question for you. Um, so if if you've got a Tuatara and he's not able to see properly out of his third eye, would that be considered a reptile dysfunction? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> In a sense. Because they have a pill for that. Like one, of the, one of the favorite lines I ever, I, one of my favorite lines from one of Terry Pratchett's books was uh, Granny Weatherwax, the character Granny Weatherwax, talking about how she got good at cards. And it was because she sat up she sat up all winter with a with a, an ailing an ailing lady playing Cripple Mister Onion the card game, and he says she said you know if you're playing cards you learn to play cards real fast if you're playing with somebody with a detached retina in their third eye. And so now we're going to go back to victories for common sense, and we're going to talk about Biden um, reinstates my, my migratory bird protection that Trump removed. Uh, I mean, did he didn't he remove it because it's there's no necessary because birds are all robots and they're and and, and they don't need yeah so they don't need to migrate anymore. I mean, I think, yeah, Trump, I think Trump was probably right. They they protect themselves by uh, you know if you try to get one if you try to get one in the wild they explode. Uh, well, uh, I for one uh, think we should preserve our uh, our um, bird meat robots. <laughs> uh, uh, Apparently, uh, World uh, Migratory Bird Day was uh, May 8th. Um, right in the middle of Masturbation Month? Oh, Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, um, do birds masturbate? Sean, tell us. Yes. Yes, they absolutely. do. They absolutely <laughs> do. Constantly. Um, and uh, depending upon depending upon the type of bird, uh, I, I usually find it's either Tango tries to, tries to do his on my foot, or Sydney likes. There's a certain spot on my hand that Sydney likes to settle in on and get told, "No, we're not doing that." Uh, well, uh, then yeah, this is the perfect uh, month for World Migratory Bird Day, I think. Yeah. Um, so, so what has happened? Essentially, uh, Trump uh, took out uh, protections uh, that against uh, companies uh, causing pretty much uh, incidental damage to the environment. Um, uh, so, uh, uh, his whole big pro business thing, uh, well, businesses, uh, shouldn't, uh, be, uh, be penalized if, uh, if they did something by accident. No, uh, Biden has, uh, reversed that, uh, now. Um, so this is an executive order, right? So, so I, I guess I don't understand what he, the, he reversed something and then Biden reversed it with another executive order, right? Because this still has not gone through Congress. Right. No, no. It's uh, one of those things where um, uh, each administration does the executive orders trying yeah. to like undo the thing that the last one did. So it's not actually like a permanent solution or a semi-permanent solution as something from Congress would be. Right. So it says here uh, we, we need a multi, multi-fronted approach to ensure the MBTA uh, remains as strong a foundation for bird protection as well as... Uh, as well as into the future. So I, I guess what is the M is, is that the migratory bird uh, something act? What is it? 
something like that. Uh, so Mark, somewhere Migratory here. Bird Treaty Act. Okay, and we hope that it says here that we hope to to see the administration follow quickly with another rulemaking to establish um, a reasonable permitting approach for incidental take. Uh, for, yeah. yeah. So or like yeah. Yeah. So so it's nothing is. Uh, it's going to all go away tomorrow, in other words. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it does highlight uh, the need for uh, some more robust uh, protections. But what is so what exactly is it, are these protections doing? Do we know? Um, I'm not sure of the details. My understanding from the context here is that uh, they're um, uh, holding uh, companies to task, I guess, uh, through uh, um, fines and uh, other uh, regulations. Uh, Right. It was uh, to. It doesn't really go into all the details about it. Yeah, it doesn't go through a lot of details. But if I remember properly, uh, Obama had made that in the first place, and then Trump took it away, and now Biden is putting it back. Uh, it would be uh, in statement of making sure that people are not uh, poisoning the um, landscape. Uh, dumping out their waste. It, it says here, the, cha- the change by the Trump administration to a 100-year-old Migratory Bird Treaty Act. So it's been around for, so it wasn't Obama, it, it predates Obama. Yeah, uh, it, 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 well, it says here, um, uh, uh, food for thought, uh, if this change had been in place in 2010, BP would have faced no consequences under the MBTA for the more than 1 million birds killed in the Deepwater Horizon oil spill. Wow. Okay, so Okay, so for incidental killing, so so I, I see. So they killed. If you have a, a disaster of some sort and it kills a bunch of birds, there, you know, there's um, this yeah, provides recourse. Yeah. Okay, I see. So I I I, th- I, I get some idea of what it's doing. I I think that I think that uh, what this uh, change by you know. The change by the Trump administration and the change back by the Biden administration, I think it demonstrates one thing very clearly, which is that if you dress up an emu in a trench coat and sunglasses and let him into a voting booth, he is going to vote Democrat. Same goes for five geese inside a trench coat standing on each other's shoulders. So, so is, this the, is that the new Democrat plan now? Get out the bird vote? <laughs> yeah, it is. Because you know what? They can cross Trump's wall. Yes, very easily. They've Actually, anybody can Trump can go over Trump's wall. It takes about ten uh, dollars in parts from the hardware store to build a ladder that goes right over the wall. <laughs> it's already it's been defeated. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looking at the migratory bird sanctuaries. What they had in 1994, and at that point of time, they had it set up so that person shall not in a migratory bird sanctuary. Hunt migrants, disturb, destroy, or take the nests, of, or have in possession a live migratory bird or carcass, skin, nest, or egg of mine. So, so what we're saying is that uh, the argument is one, and it's rabbit season. <laughs> and duck season, yeah. I thought it was Elmer season. <laughs> but there's an awful lot more to it than that. It, it deals with keeping a sanctuary clean and without people going in and killing steals and stuff like that. I, I guess uh, part of that Migratory Bird Treaty Act also covers, um, you know, Hunting like lot. geese walking across roads, too. Possibly. Because Canada fun. geese are, I understand the Canada geese, I, I would not hit one road, but I'm just saying that I understand that you're also not supposed to and that you can be fined for doing so. Oh. 
I think there's a few really good uh, videos out there of migratory with their babies rolling across roads. Other ducks, uh, ducks and those are very funny. Of course, the herons have a, have an interesting way of dealing with traffic. They just ride it. Down in Florida, the herons ride the traffic. Oh. All right. Yeah, herons will get on the hoods of cars and ride them around. <laughs> so, so dumbass. Good, good stuff. What happened to the flu? What happened? To the flu? <laughs> yeah, the flu. Um, interestingly enough, the, this article from uh, Scientific American. The flu is pretty much a no-show this year. Um, a- apparently, uh, the measures uh, taken to uh, uh, combat COVID have uh, pretty much uh, reduced the flu to a shadow of what it once was. It's um, like single digits, right? I mean, it was really well. This past flu season, uh, the U.S. saw 600 deaths uh, from flu. Um, the year before that, uh, 22,000. The year before that, 34,000. That's incredible. Yeah, 600 deaths uh, d- down from tens of thousands, uh, which, uh, which, which is amazing. Um, uh, COVID has by far outpaced it, of course, uh, the, the way it spreads. But do, do you realize that this means that uh, any of you out there, and th- this is apparently a worldwide phenomenon, if you have had um some flu-like symptoms uh this past flu season and you haven't gotten it tested it was most likely covid it's possible uh, uh, they are uh, different in in the way that they uh, um attack the body though i mean they, I, they 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 do have some similar symptoms i sure. question though i question the conclusion that there were only 600 flu deaths because i think that during the last 2 years we've been incredibly focused on looking at you know, looking for looking for COVID, even to the point where, if it was actually the flu, we might have assumed it was COVID anyway. No, because there's a test I mean, for the, that. The, yeah, right? I mean, uh, te- the te- these are coming from actual uh, confirmed cases of the flu yeah. that they've tested for. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying. I question. I question the the statistics a little right, bit. But it. But the, I mean, we know that. We. I mean, if you if you've died from COVID. That there's a test we we can we can demonstrate. If you've died from the flu, there's a test we can demonstrate it. If there's no test performed whatsoever, then 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 we can't know, right? But exactly right. But but I mean that's always the case, right? I don't I don't think that, that because we're because we're tracking one doesn't mean that we're not tracking the other. I mean they they, they did they obviously were testing some people for flu. Yeah, uh, they they uh, they test um they, uh, they do still test for the flu along along with COVID. Um, and, uh, they're, they're pretty much putting out the statistics, uh, in the same way they have for previous years. If there's some complications about it due to COVID that makes the statistics, uh, less accurate, I suppose that can be debated in uh, academic circles. I haven't seen anything about it. Sure, but uh, is it so off far. by, but is it off by 16,000 people? Uh, yeah, I kind of doubt that it, yeah. it's off by that much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't think we dropped the ball that quite that badly. I mean, I, yeah, that uh, but that number that six hundred people is always going to be low, right? Because because there are people that are going to die from that at home, um, that and and never get tested, right? Yeah. we might not know um, if they died also, in their home. They're mm-hmm. not they're not counting all of the cases of people be having it because some people may have it and it's known that they have it, but they don't die. Well, but we're just talking about deaths here. We're talking about six hundred yeah, deaths. I mean, oh. six hundred deaths, and that—that's of course. Uh, it doesn't. I don't think it mentions the case numbers, but that's a, a huge drop in cases. And and of course, they're they're doing this by statistical analysis from the 
all the ones that they can confirm and then like uh, widening that out to the entire population because they can't test the entire population. Right. And you're less likely to die from the flu. So the idea that somebody who got the flu and never got tested is very likely. But people could get COVID and get a mile and, and, and not get tested, too. Right. I mean, yeah, the, 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 yeah. The, yeah there's always uh, some, yeah. some nuance in the numbers there. Yeah, like especially if you got like a mild case of COVID, which I think most of them are, are fairly mild. But you know, like you just got like a fever and you're coughing, you're like and you're feeling awful, and you're like, I think I got the flu. Um, yeah, it's uh, much more likely that you had COVID this past flu season. It it could be likely, yeah, yeah, at home, right? But the thing is, too, is that we're even getting these shots as well. Well, mm. yeah, I mean that, but that's that's only happened in the latter half of the year. I've got my first uh, shot scheduled for Friday. That's excellent. Well, I and and one of the reasons that that Canada is so far behind in getting you know um, uh, getting the vaccine out to the, their population is because of the U.S. hoarding it, right? Uh, we we bought up a lot of supply, and and now that that we're you know getting to the point where we're vaccinated, now that supply can go elsewhere. But I think that the I think the U.S. Ha- has a lot to do with the fact that that Canada didn't have the supplies that it needed, and I think that that's no, unfortunate. Canada, that, mm, possibly that's an oversight. Yeah, I have a. I haven't looked. A, I haven't looked a lot into it, whether it's like supply chain or whether it's like uh, some sort of management issue or what. But uh, that it, it sounds uh, reasonable that uh, the U.S. would want to uh, hog the supplies for itself. Well, and some of the, some of it's because we produce some of the vaccines, and some of it's because we, we you know we bought a lot of the Moderna and a lot of the Pfizer, and we even bought the AstraZeneca, right? I mean, they they purchased everything that they could, um, and uh, and. and and that's good for us, right? But one of the things that we did is like the AstraZeneca one, we, we sent to, um, to India. We never got it approved here, so we sent it to India. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I think that, I, unfortunately, I think that Canada suffered because, uh, because of the United States. Well, the vaccine program seems to be uh, gathering steam now, so uh, more and good. more people yeah. are getting vaccinated here. That's good. Uh, isn't that a given, though, that Canada suffered because of the United States? <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. I wanted to leave that more. Oh, thanks. <laughs> it sounds more if it's a U.S. citizen. <laughs> Glad to be of service. You're welcome. And I think you should apologize for it. <laughs> Me or sorry, him. dudes. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. sorry. Oh, well, we can say sorry. sorry this time. We'll do your job for you. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry you had to say sorry for us. <laughs> or to us. Well, we all cover. <laughs> There's, We're sorry true. for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd like to apologize for not apologizing more. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's move on. Uh oh, where is my you uh, my articles about? I see, I see my seizure articles. I don't see my. Oh, there it is. Okay. Your sperm articles. My sperm articles. I, 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 I think that this is interesting. Way. Which one? Which one do you want to? Which one should we do? Hey, I, I want to do the sperm article. Okay, let's do the sperm article because we really only have time for for one at the, uh, at this point. Okay, um, we we uh, we can move essential oils. They're not essential. <laughs> they're non essential oils. They're, n- they're non essential oils. So therefore, they would also get uh, those oils would also get vaccinated in the later waves too. Right. So I, I put in I put in the um the uh I I had listened to the to the podcast and this the, the podcast came out uh, April sixth, twenty twenty one, and this is uh this is uh. Adam Conover's podcast, Factually. And he he interviewed um, Dr. Shana Swan. And Dr. Shana Swan has been doing research on um, uh, on reproduction and sperm counts 
and a lot of very interesting things. And when I, when I listened to the to the podcast, her presentation of it was very was very interesting, and and of course she's very convincing. And um and and I hadn't really looked into it since then. It was it was it was on my list. I swear. Um and then my wife showed me this article that this article on Slate, and it says the doomsday sperm theory embraced by the far right. So I'm not I'm not exactly sure what the what the political leaning of the researcher might have been. It didn't come up on factually. Um, but the but there's a lot of criticisms of, of the research that the. Her her research is is basically saying that you know generation after generation that sperm counts are sperm counts in men are down, and we've heard this other places too. Uh, you know you you have less testosterone, you have less this, less that, and usually it's from the right, and usually them and and, and or or some company that's telling men they're not manly enough, and the, and that they that they need to do something about it. You, we've seen like Texas this supplement, right? You sound like you're suffering Drove from low teeth. <laughs> I'm suffering from low what? Low, low T. You're suffering. You're suffering from low T, Brian. Low T. Low T. That's right. Low testosterone. So yeah, you got a man up. Yeah, I got a man up. Exactly. We hear all of that kind of stuff all the time. It drives me fucking batty. Yeah. Because this idea of, of manliness, it, it being attached to sperm count, being attached to testosterone levels, and and this kind of shit is uh, is bonkers. Um, and so. And so the, the the laboratory that that is countering this is uh, uh, gender gender side labs, and so Swan wrote a book called Countdown, and it's got it's got a really um, which elaborates on what the phenomena means for our future. The lengthy subtitle: How our world, um, how our modern world is threatening sperm counts, alters male and female reproduction development, and uh, altering male and female re- reproductive development and imperiling the future of the race. It's got a hell of a subtitle, doesn't it? It does. Um, but th- but this laboratory thinks that 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 this, that this is a little bit wrong, and that and that they've made a lot of um, a lot of mistakes in the data. And one of the things that they did is that they took the the U.S. population in in its versus like the rest of the world, <laughs> and and so and so it t- it blocks them into. To two categories, either you're in the U.S. or you're not, um, and so it's uh, so even right there. Uh, or to put it another way, white or brown. Well, okay, so there there's some of that going on too, right? Um, yeah. Because because certainly they're 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 uh, the, the way that the data seems to be broken up is that so the see the Western they're they're lumping in all all the countries into a the majority black brown and Asian populations in a category of other. Uh, without using the word white research, white researchers. Hold on a second, Brian. Okay. They lumped the United States in with Canada, Europe, Australia, and New Zealand. Right. Yeah. I mean, so so those are pretty white. Except apparently those parts of Australia and New Zealand that have Aboriginal and and Maori elements. Well, I mean, we we certainly have, I mean, yeah, okay. But but primarily, you're you're right, that they're breaking that up that, it looks like they've broken up into black and white. It doesn't. It doesn't look good the for the researchers. That What's that? I said they gerrymandered the fuck out they of that. They gerrymandered the fuck out of the It does. It does kind of look like that. And of course, when I heard the research being presented, unfactually, you know, Adam Conover didn't push back on it at all. But he hasn't. He's he's just talking to people doing research and, and talking to scientists, and he's not reading the stuff 
and interpreting the data, right? He he's not in yeah. a position mm-hmm. to do that, right? So that's not his job. His job is just to you know to to kind of present it. And if he in and, and I wouldn't be able to push back on her either, right? Now we have some data that we can use to to push back with. Now in in the in the uh, the other thing that they're they're doing in the research is that they're trying to link it to pollution. So they're talking about plastics and pesticides and stuff like that. But the problem is that they what they didn't do is look at regions that had a lot of pesticides and pollutions and regions that didn't. They didn't do a comparison between the two. So we so the data can't really demonstrate the things that they're trying to claim because they didn't test for it. Um, and so so that is pretty interesting too. So I, I don't know. It makes me really want to know more about the researchers and and where they got their money. And and why they're making some of the claims that they're making when it when it when this other the, when this other company that is you know doing an analysis of their of their data says that it isn't capable of, of producing the other thing that I want to know now is that uh, the, this um, this woman um, uh, Dr. Um, Shauna Swan and her book the research that she's doing was it peer reviewed or did she just do the research see that she had a finding. Was it what? What was it? What was the criteria she went through to have it validated before she wrote her book? Right. I, it brings. It just starts now. I'm starting to have lots and lots of questions about about the about this person and the research and and what's going on here because it sounds like you know that they, they they're making a lot of claims that they can't that they can't back up. It's like they 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 they, they found a, a low sperm count or they think they have, and now they're trying to attribute it to all these other things. Um, but they haven't really tested for it. So basically, it sounds like they're fan fiction of truism. I don't know. I I don't want to denigrate the research too much, right? I, I can't I I can't really say how how good it is or not. I I mean it. it and uh, we, and we should uh, also say that uh, small time studies are, are bound to have like flaws and uh, things that they can't address, and sometimes they can be exploratory and yeah. not really demonstrate something, but... Uh, but you don't uh, write a book off of that. ...further research. Like, this right. might be an important finding. We More research needs to be done on this. You can build on top of my research. Sure, but do you build a book? Do you write a book off of that kind of preliminary research? That, that seems like a little bit of... That's uh, that's what I'm saying here is a little yeah. bit of a stretch. The, 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 the research might have been a good starting point for a better study, but to, but to take that research and then to write a book off of it if there's if there's this many errors in in the data, that seems problematic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been considered in a different light than yeah. What you put in. Um, the other thing that it said uh, is I that I suppose there's incentives uh, for for that too. Like if you if you write a, a study as a scientist and uh, you write a book based on it, like uh, you're you're kind of published in like that's something like you can put on like your resume and sure. Like, yeah, like uh, it's not like your employer is going to read your study or your book really to figure that out. Just like, but you've got your bona fides, right? Here, this is yeah. You're just yeah, you're exactly. Just impressive yeah. that you wrote a book. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So it says the sperm the sperm decline theory posted uh, posits sorry posits that the Western sperm count from the 1970s is the optimal, and that uh, that we have a dec- that we have declined, and that this decline is somehow. It's something that needs to be fixed, and we don't know that that's true. And the other thing is that the, that in the saying, 1970s, when men were real men and had right. real big uh, exactly <laughs> that is that kind of stuff. They, they, they also are saying yeah. that our current um, sperm counts uh, might be the same um, as what what the UK had had in the 70s. The, I thought it said that somewhere in here too. Um, let me see if I can find that. 
So is the idea that uh, sperm that that we're on a path where sperm count is going to dwindle and dwindle? Well, until that's we're not okay. Be able so to have children. Well, so that is the doomsday scenario that she's that she's um, that she's giving us, right? But that, that it's going to happen to white people, right? But so, she says, but like, but like, like twenty forty five. Um, that that right. will be I, I, I find that to be the most uh, irresponsible type of uh, prediction there is. Like even, even if you, even if you find a decrease like that, just like projecting it into the future and saying, "All right, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm predicting that this this uh, this trend is going to continue without any change for the next several decades." Exactly. Yeah. So it says the yeah. um, the human species is in grave rep- reproduction reproductive danger according to a recent headline some scientists say that sperm counts in men around the world have been plummeting with western men approaching a total infertility by 2045 far right uh far right great uh, replacement theory who fear that that people of color are replacing the white population have taken the research with gusto uh, yeah and and um like even if you because like Especially for biological stuff, trends like these don't tend to go in straight lines. Oh, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And and there's a lot of things that could be affecting it, like monogamy could could can can affect sperm count, right? We we yeah. we become more if we become more monogamous as a species, our, the sperm count might be lower, right? That yeah. and that's a possibility too. Our sperm also might slow down. Um, well, so yeah. there's and stuff like that. For monogamous, we're not trying to spread our sperm. Hither and yon, we're only trying to impregnate one one partner. Right, but of course, there's no way for us to know that because it's not in the not in the data. Right, they didn't they didn't look right. at that. That's not something that they looked at. They just looked at sperm count. They didn't look at sperm speed. And according to the uh, according to this article, that the sperm counts are still well above infertility rate levels. That that that, yeah. that 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 it's really not an issue. Um, according well, to this, I, I think we need to. I think we need to. to it we need to look at the facts, though, that the last the last white baby will be born in 2044, and after that, everything past that's going to be miscegenated. It, it's it's an interesting um, look into the to the pure, psyche of white people, right? That was pure sarcasm on my part. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, as I've heard before, that uh, Mother Nature has a well. I'm sure that a certain someone can say the statement for me about God that's God. Never mind. Okay. So, um, okay. It, the some of some of the conclusions in the article, basically, uh, basically that that like the the last sentence, the narrative of the Western sperm count decline is essentially a myth that we're all too used to hearing, right? It, it, it because like we we talked about in the meet me up the text exit night you know the you're not that you're not you're not you're you're half the man that your grandfather was and all that kind of garbage well and it, it they were the greatest generation that's a, that's yeah. one of those uh, stupid things people say it, uh, it's also it also ties into the whole you know if we allow gay marriage then 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 everybody's going to be everybody's going to be marrying same sex partners and no babies will be born if we allow interracial marriage, no more white babies will be born. If we allow this, if we allow that, um, if we allow people to marry their cats, you <laughs> know. see, uh, the recent the the recent sperm count decline research demonstrates how 
race, sex, and economics uh, ideals can get embedded into the category of science and you and used to analyze the data. Well, simple factor: nature finds a way. Sure, yep. but yeah, I think. But there's another thing in this article that said that the sperm counts were essentially equal to you know pre- previous sperm counts from. Um, I thought it said Europe, uh, um, but in was it the 1970s too? Anyway, I I also question how good the data is for, from the 70s on sperm count as well. Mm. That which is what yeah. I thought about when I was listening to the podcast. Like, how sure are you? How sure are you that the data is that good? When for, did they start that? reporting sperm count? Well, that's that's the other thing. I I don't have any idea. I don't have the patients. And who is doing those? Yeah. <laughs> I don't so know. It basically sounds oh, like you know, just, and they don't they don't talk about the fact a picture that, uh, of a guy with tweezers just <laughs> <laughs> dipping them into like semen and <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, I, I don't know. It, it, it's interesting cuz I listened to the to, to to the podcast um that that Adam Conover did and I was like, "No, that, that's interesting, but I I I I felt like, you know, her her doomsday warnings were overblown." And then I read this article, and it's like, okay, so there's definitely some flaws in the research that they're using in the narrative that they're trying to project. But I just, ha- I just, ha- I just, I wonder if the if the data is as flawed as this article makes it sound. She wrote a book. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, anybody can write a book and then run off to Disneyland or Disney. Sure. Yeah. Anybody can do that. It's on Audible. Yeah. Well, interesting examination of nation that we've had uh whether good or bad um it sounds like put it all together from that information the information previous gathered i i don't know i i don't I, think so i, 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 I kind of wonder know. whether she i kind of wonder whether she performed these uh experiments trying to prove a point or whether she actually had like some sort of uh question well you know uh, uh if, is there a link to uh the uh, actual paper or anything no i don't have a link to the actual paper that, and I and I bet you it's behind a paywall. Um, I wonder personally if she took into uh, took into account the fact of uh, drastically declining birth rates in Japan. You know, I don't know. I don't or, know. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't looked through the or data. Was that too brown. So I don't know. I I haven't looked through the data. I don't know. Maybe 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 she'll uh, she'll figure that Japan is in the same situation we are. Uh, with with Japan though, it's uh it's largely that a lot of it is uh, social, not so much physical, but the social leads to mm-hmm. right. It yeah, I, d- like I don't know. And and here's the other thing is that she might be doing fine research, and and that and people are using it out of context too. I I don't know. Entirely possible, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't sound. It sounds. It, it sounds like the research is flawed. But she's been she's been doing this for a long time. You know, well, so maybe it's a good i a good subject to look into a little bit more to get more information and see what exactly is going on there. Yeah, but here's the thing is that it, it takes somebody that that is capable of an, of number one getting the study and analyzing it like this group did to to show that there might be some issues in the research. And 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 well, yeah. the, and, and apparently I, I I suspect that the that the company that did the research um did this the uh gender side lab they they're probably doing the same kind of research or or, or it sounds like they might at least be in a position to analyze it. I don't know much about them either. Maybe they've got an agenda. Okay. So yeah. Uh, you know, like the, the the biggest thing that I think is the most irresponsible, and it's my biggest pet peeve. And uh, I, I know I mentioned it earlier. But oh. My biggest pet peeve uh, when uh, when studies come out when they 
when they make projections decades into the future, straight line from, from the present, uh, by the, by, by several decades from now, uh, uh, like, uh, you go, you go out to things like by several decades from, from, from now, uh, there won't be any, uh, uh, everybody in the U.S. will be overweight or obese. And it's like, no, that, that's not the way this kind of thing works. So this, they, they, they wrote a paper, um, uh, the, the future of sperm, a, um, bio, 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 bio variability. Yeah. Framework for understanding global sperm, the global sperm trend. And there's, there's, I can get, there's a, um, it's published on, uh, Taylor Francis online. So theirs is available for me to read. So they are doing similar research, and they're saying that 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 they don't think that there's a problem. That that the way that this stuff is being reported is the problem, and 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 their stuff's are you available. Talking about uh, the people that were criticizing that research, I think so. I think that yeah, because I went to their site, and that's how I ended up um, at at the at this site. Um, let's I see. I mean, are they are who? How are they doing the counting? I guess is the question. Are they using a more traditional method, or are they using modern methods? Because you know, if uh, if they're using traditional methods like an abacus, um, you know, you're just going to give up after a while and say that here it's on their website. Theorizing sperm count research. It's so so on their website. There's it says read the full paper. Uh, our 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 newest paper, the future of sperm. I can't say that word. <laughs> I just can't. Bio variability. No. There you go. Bio variability. We're a framework for understanding global sperm count trends. So there you go. theirs is published for everybody to read, and I don't know. And I and as far as I know, that I don't I don't know if there's a review of that or not. Well, there's also information on the side of other impacts on it, but I don't know how much they took other other uh, situations. I don't or... know. I, I mean, we're all gonna end up with our sperm count on the side of a milk box. I don't know. Meh. Have you seen well, my we sperm can check count that with a black light? <laughs> <laughs> I don't allow black lights in the house anymore. <laughs> we had yeah, to ban them. Like a Jackson Pollock in there. <laughs> I think this thing is just mostly about male insecurities. And, I think uh, so too. Yeah, and I think that I think that it's an easy. I think it's an uh, easy target uh, mm. with some men. I, I, I not. I, I don't think me. I don't think you. But I think that there there. I, I think that uh, there is a lot of people out there that it's easy to get them going with this one. Well, it's easy for them to it's easy for them to say, okay, well, I don't feel like I have power in the world anymore. I feel like I'm not adequate. This must be because I have low sperm and need to buy Andro four thousand. Well, that's, that's a really the, so product, by the, way. the the one thing about the the uh, maybe it's three thousand. Um, the uh, Doctor Swan she she wasn't trying to sell a solution. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. But you may not be trying to sell a solution, but are you trying to sell a problem? Well, she was certainly trying to sell her book. <laughs> it goes back to what I was saying uh, a couple episodes ago, too, about uh, how, like, uh, so many people just um, just uh, have hold uh, their identity as their, their, their gender identity as such an important and integ- in- integral part of who they are and how they see themselves. Um, and, uh, with one thing that I think, uh, the world could do a little less of, uh, ta- taking, uh, uh, your ideas about, uh, gender and stuff so seriously, um, 
the one thing like I've always felt resentful if anybody ever says to me, like, this is the way you have to be a man. No, let me be a man my own way. Well, and I agree with that. Right. And and here's the thing is that I, I if you look at some of these toxic masculinity people. Right. I mean, the ones that are like that. You, you look at them. It's like, OK, well, I mean, how many times did you go to the gym today? It's like I, if if that's the if that if that's how that how people want to you to be a man, right? Judge it by that. You know, you you you've got to be big, you got to be strong, and you got to protect your woman. Um, I'm never going to qualify. Hang out on a farm, you find it a little different. What's that? <laughs> Go work on a farm. You'll find that a little different. The gym. Well, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, is it manly? Will Will oh, I be yeah. a man if I work on I work at the farm? Working on a farm. I mean that 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 is like yeah, the manly image, right? But pushing that plow, you stop, you wipe uh, the I think, sweat off your brow. I mean, your hands your are all dirty yeah. and gritty from the field, like a true man should be. I think that the the, the one flaw here, um, dumbass, is that you pull a plow. You don't push it. And usually, I'm going to agree to disagree <laughs> with you there, Brian. <laughs> mechanical plows uh things you ride i only ride the mechanical bull and on a very low setting well like you you stand you stand behind a bar and you push you you don't like stand you you don't like pull it you you push but you're like pushing a thing that's pulling it so like the bar is (laughs) that right do i have that right i I redeemed myself i'm I'm gonna say i have that right and i've redeemed myself you know here's here's the actual fact is i don't know for sure that there isn't a plow that you that you don't push (laughs) but i've always heard of pulling a plow there's also a pushing well no there's not no there's not (laughs) i've never heard the expression pushing a plow (laughs) but that doesn't mean that it's not possible it just means i've never heard the expression there's no plow in the world that you push. I this is the hill I will die on. <laughs> Let's get right in. Tell, uh, tell us whether we whether, whether you push or pull plow. Um, <laughs> have a flame war on our uh, Facebook page about it. <laughs> oh God, that'd be great. Oh man, okay. All right. Well, we we this this is gonna be a lot of editing. That's a plow. You're calling that a plow? I don't call that a plow. It's not a plow in my book. <laughs> yeah, but that's electric. You don't you you don't push that. You ride it. You can put all the you can put anything you want in the Discord, and I will reject it. That's just a shovel. That's just that's just a shovel. You know, and I I'm I'm gonna say that it's not really a plow unless more than one person has to use it uh, use it at different times, because otherwise it wouldn't call the plowshare. Oh. And on that disappointment, I think we should all say good night. Good night. <laughs> good night. Good night. That's another can beaten into a plow. A plow beaten into a can? If you've made it this far, that's an hour of your time you're never getting back. But the amateur skeptics appreciate you giving that hour to us. If you'd like to tell us how you felt about spending that hour with us, let us know at WTF at AmateurSkeptics.com. The Amateur Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share-alike, no-derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Kennel. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Exit music by OFM. Find more of their music at myspace.com forward slash OFMHQ. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture.